The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. I am here today with the lovely Chanel. Chanel, do you want to introduce yourself to the audience, please? Well, sure. My name is Chanel, and I am, okay, I was born in Jacksonville, Florida, and then I lived in Atlanta, Georgia, and then my parents got divorced when I was 10, and I live in Orlando, and now I'm back in Atlanta, in Atlanta Georgia. So I've been back from Florida to Georgia all my life. I am currently a graduate student and I'm studying gerontology, which is the study of aging. And that's all things aging, that's psychology, sociology, and I'm loving it. And I've had loving relationships with both sets of grandparents and I've even met a great grand. So I just love the older adults, but I'm also loving my child-free life. I'm also really curious to how your work will uh, incorporate or potentially incorporate the child-free conversation. I'm really, really curious how that um, will unfold as you continue working. Because it's, as we all age as child-free people, that's really going to become more relevant, even though we do talk about it now. So let's talk about uh, your child-free journey, starting from childhood. How did your childhood or did your childhood impact your decision to not have kids? Well, I will honestly say I've had an aunt in my life. She's been in my life since I was 14 years old. She's actually child-free too. So she's kind of served as an example. And when my parents divorced, we lived in Orlando, Florida with my grandmother. And she was part of the silent generation. She was born in uh, during the uh, Great Depression. And luckily for us, I'm a one of three. I have a, a brother as well as a sister. And we had a village to help raise us. Mm -hmm. So that really stood out for me. And But I saw the struggles in that. So my mom had worked as well as my grandmother and my dad. So we all they all collectively worked. But I saw the struggle that it took for us to be raised. I mean, kids cost money. And fortunately for me, we had some of the resources that we needed, but it was just a struggle to get those resources. So I think that was really one thing that provided me with how children need more than just resources and everything. That was one aspect of it. The second aspect was my grandmother that I um, that, grew, that raised me, she lost her father, um, I wanna say in the 1930s. And the fact of not having that father kind of impacted how she looked at relationships. And I saw how it would impact my mom as well as all of us. So that was a second indicator. Third indicator was um, grew up in here in the South, Atlanta South, which is um, United States. And just some of the racial and social economics, it does make a play with kids. You don't have the resources to really have access to educational aspects activities outside of money. I saw it would be a struggle for kids. Just, you know, I bet some kids who had some resources, we didn't have all the resources, we had love, but it's, you, I just saw the financial impact of it. So that was interesting. Some of the racial barriers, my mom's told me some things as well as my dad and just some family members, how it could be a challenge just being an African-American here in this country. That was another aspect. Um, and maybe in the mid 90s, I remember seeing the first 
police brutality video, Doc, uh, Rodney King. How old were you at that point? I want to say I was 13, 14. Oh, okay. So that's, you're very aware of, you become very aware at that point. Yes. You very, do at that age. It's very impactful. And I guess for me, when I saw that video, I had to think if that was my son or my daughter. And I would just, that would crush me not only to see that on television, mm -hmm. but it would also crush me if my child never came home. And as a parent, you can only control so much. <laughs> and I would honestly say my grandmother really kept us close to her chest. We couldn't go anywhere out of her sight. Was so that she after did... this event? No, after no, it was always that. that way. I think she always oh, okay. kept us very close. And okay. I guess it wasn't until I saw that on television. Mm. Okay, so now I know why she wants to keep oh, us close okay. to her chest, to kind of keep us safe as she possibly could. Mm -hmm. So wow. it was those implied messages that, yeah, you're alive, mm -hmm. <laughs> but they're dangers, and I'm gonna try to keep you in under lock and key as much as I can. So you you had those thoughts at a young age, like under before teenhood, like, mm -hmm. and I think it's I think it's interesting because, you know, we're especially being females, we're groomed from a young age to with the expectation that we're going to have children. So. It's, you know, I can imagine, because I don't remember saying this out loud as a little kid. I remember having the thought that I didn't want to grow up to be a mother, but I don't recall ever saying to anybody before, like before teenagehood that I wasn't going to have kids because people just go, oh, you're a child. You don't know what you're talking about. Just you wait. But then if you say, I'm going to have X amount of kids when you're five, not, not have the kids when you're five, but when you say you're going to have kids when you get older and you're five years old saying that, they go, oh, of course you will. You know, so it's, I find it interesting that you already were absorbing, you were, you were seeing things. And I think every child is like this, not that that makes them not want to have kids, but we see things as children. We have our thoughts. People like he, adults like to discredit our thoughts at that age, but how, I know how old you are now. You don't have to tell the audience how old you are now, but you've been consistent with that, but it started from a young age for you. And I think that society needs to pay attention to that, that kids yes. are yes, aware. And I, and I agree with you that too. And I will honestly say with my grandmother who was born in 1926, 27, my mom, so my grandmother's a uh, silent generation person. Mm -hmm. My mom is a baby boomer, but just from a woman's perspective, I got the sense that if they had other options, they would have done something else or they would have delayed childhood. But back in those cohorts, the only thing you could do was get married and have children. Do you want to just kind of give a, a brief explanation of the silent generation for those people who are not even millennials, the Gen Zers? Okay, so the <laughs> silent generations are going to be your people that actually uh, were born during the Great Depression. And I can give you a definition really fast. It's the silent generation, also known as the traditional generation, is the Western demographic cohort. And this generation was born from 1928 to 1945. So it, they're called the greatest generation, but they had to go through a lot of things. Like I said, my grandmother was born during the Great Depression. So imagine not having any resources and you've got kids and you're trying to figure this out and the country is going through some serious economic problems. So a lot of self 
autonomy, economy, economy, and actually coming up with just some creative ways to survive. So she's from right. that. The baby boomers were is, is a group that were actually a boom after World War II. So I, my family, my mom, dad, born in the 70s. So it comes off the heels of the 1960s civil rights era, as well as the LGBT era, the women's era. So a lot of social change (laughs) I am from. So I read about it and I actually have family members that have experienced it and they've given me certain aspects of it. But I just get from the women in my family, had they had some options, I think they would have A, opt out of childhood or B, delayed it. Right. So... <laughs> you know what it's funny is because suddenly I'm I'm getting uh comments from like right now I'm not getting comments but I'm recalling comments that I see on online when people are going why are you talking about being child free what's the point of this why are you making your entire identity why are you creating an entire page blah blah blah, blah about this and what you just said kind of answers that question because thinking about the silent generation to me, that also includes not speaking up about things. Like when mm-hmm. when you say silent generation, that's what goes through my head. Mm-hmm. Not being in a place you're just going with the status quo, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So not questioning anything, which is a really mm-hmm. good thing. I was not born during that time. Mm-hmm. I would have been miserable. But people again, people are going, "Why are you talking about this?" Because they assume that no child, the child-free choice, the child-free idea has not existed prior to millennials, which is so not true. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about the realities of those, those previous generations, the resources, birth control, all those things, awareness, not Mm -hmm. there, not accessible. It's still, that's still very relevant in, in many parts of the world. This is why we need to talk about it Mm -hmm. because we come from, generations that 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 didn't know or if they did know it wasn't supported they went along with it whatever especially being female like it's it's complicated but really at the same time not this is why it's important to talk about this and i and i definitely agree like you said because they didn't talk about it uh their non-verbal actions and communication came out in different ways. So it was the struggle. It was maybe working all day and you're exhausted. You still have to attend to kids, not necessarily having the support. Well, I will say for me, I'm in my mid forties now. I did have village support. So we had family members uh, from both sides of my mom and dad's side of the family that helped. We had some neighborhood support, some childhood um, activities, as well as uh, school support. But I guess right. what concerns me now is, you know, people are kind of forced to have kids or they're in situations where they didn't plan. It all comes up once you have those children mm-hmm. and you need these resources and either there's a no village, there's no money, there's no job. So. The child feels the impact of all of this. Right. So there's, there's, I want to touch on one thing before I hopefully remember to ask you this question. Um, Talking about the community support. I think of, so I'm in Canada, I'm in Western Canada and I was very fortunate. I'm going to say I was fortunate to have a stay at home mom. Mm -hmm. My dad provided for the family. I saw him every night. He was, he was home every night. Uh, My parents made sure that, you know, both parents were around they were able to give us, you know, swimming lessons, music classes, pay for all that stuff, education, school. Uh, I was able to um, have a music career because I learned in, I happened to go to a school that taught these programs, but shortly after, even after I moved away to a different area, that program got cut. 
so I'm, I'm thinking, and I have a brother who's raising two children and he's primary caregiver, but there's no time. And I, and I'm, I'm not sure it's a lack of fun things, fun funding. It's just the reality of having children and then wanting to put them in all these activities to help their development, but just not having the resources to do it, whether it's having someone to drive them around or paying for it or whatever, and how that's so much harder nowadays, mm-hmm. especially if both parents are working or a single parent situation. Like it's, it's, it's mind boggling because we, <laughs> you know, we've all grown up differently, but there's that expectation, like, okay, you're going to have kids and you'll be able to give them all these things. But I look even where I am. Yes, we have healthcare here in Canada, but that's always being cut. I have no idea what the education system's like now. I mean, as far as I know, my nephews have never learned French, and that was a mandatory thing where I grew up because French is a second language here in Canada. But I had access to music classes and stuff like that. But all that stuff has been shuttered. And it's sad because you're talking like the picture you painted of your childhood from just the last few minutes have been at least you were surrounded by it wasn't everything but it was significant but i think i don't even know i mean i know it exists but it doesn't from what i'm seeing and hearing <laughs> and i think that and, what, and you've made a perfect point and i think that's what's happening so from the time you've been in school from the time i've been in school they've cut programs so that's mm-hmm. what's so concerning with the recent overturn of Roe versus Wade. We already are seeing cuts before that decision. So again, these cuts actually prevent these little human beings from being full welded round beings. So if you can't maybe necessarily find a job in the marketplace, you can play the piano. You can actually do a wood shocking. You could do um, mechanics, but if those programs are not there and you force the whole demographic to either A, go to school, they're dead. So I didn't see all of this when I was younger, but just the school system I went through, K through 12, I was keenly aware Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I was in a different district and there were certain resources that were not there. So when you are a child, you have to go again where your district or if somebody somebody doesn't intervene for you, you miss out on some of those resources. So you go out throughout life trying to play catch up. And that is what's concerning. I have a baby brother and a baby sister and they have small, they have small children too, but they're ensuring that they get a chance to be part of some of the soccer, the gymnastics, you know, be part of some of the STEM programs. But my Mm -hmm. concern is for the children who don't have those accesses and the the way the world is globally, we have so much competition now. So Mm -hmm. again, the piano classes, the, the choir, the band that gives kids a little bit of uh, information in our toolkit in their toolbox to be able to exist mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm not seeing that so with them taking away resources and what I see when I was younger versus what you just told me how are we going to prepare these little people to be well-rounded adults you know I'm just thinking of my nephews and I one of the nice things about being child-free is I don't I don't have certain worries that parents do mm-hmm. and I've become more aware of that as I've gotten older mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, I'm going, yeah, like how many people are in the world? And I even, cause I'm, I'm active on social media. I have to be with the nature of what I do, but I'm looking at just, it's, it's just a wall of people and everyone's trying to fight for their peace mm-hmm. for their something. And I believe that every, 
Um, this might be very naive or super optimistic, but I, I want to believe that everyone can find their place. Mm-hmm. But wow, is it loud. And I'm just thinking about all the, you know, like my nephew's one's got one year left of school already before he's graduated. And I'm thinking, I can't even imagine starting <laughs> now as an adult. And I, maybe, maybe this is like normal for every generation to have that feeling. But because if you look at, I don't think too much about overpopulation, maybe because I live in a very, a, a, you know, a country that's landmass is huge, but our population is only 38 million here in Canada, which isn't mm-hmm. very big. But at the same time, it's like, wow, that's a lot of people. And, and where are you trying to find your place in the world? So, so you are the oldest of three mm-hmm. and, you know, your parents were occupied with their lives and you were part of their lives actually all of a sudden that just made me think of something completely different how we're taught that our lives as women our lives are supposed to be all about our kids mm-hmm. but now i'm just thinking well no, that, how how can that be possible because every individual has their life journey their life path sure kids can be a part of it but we're made to feel like they have to be the only things that matter mm-hmm. so your parents were on their life journey you were a part of it um, but then you also had younger siblings mm-hmm. that you were kind of responsible for. Oh yeah. I was able to help with my baby brother and my baby sister. So I kind of looked after them. So I will say I have more maternal relationship with them. There's my siblings. So I do love mm-hmm. them very dearly. And it's funny when like my brother went away to the military, my sister went away to college, you know, I felt the same pains and griefs of them leaving. Oh, wow. <laughs> Because I'm just so used to them. So I will say, even though I'm not necessarily a parent, I had that intimate knowledge. I kind of felt some of the same fears that parents Mm. would have. And I've read some people who talked about one of my favorite artists. He was saying that it was the anxiety of that child leaving or just, again, Uh not being able to protect them. I've actually had conversations with a couple of my friends. It's like, well, how do you let them go out in the world and and, and just be okay with that? And they said, well, you just have to trust and believe and give them all the tools and tips. And because my grandmother had us so close to her chest with this world today, I would be even worse than her. <laughs> they I was going to say, go I was going to say, yeah, did that, that obviously that impacted you. Oh yeah. You know, how, I, could, how you I couldn't were... let them, I couldn't let them go outside now because see, when I was younger, there was no social media. There was no right. cell phone, right. you know, and I will say too, during my age, when I was a youth, we had the parental, uh, you know, we had this little stickers on the, on the music. You couldn't even get to questionable content. Oh. I watched a lot of sanitized television. So I grew up with Touch by Angel. I grew up with the Little House of the Prairie, uh, Highway to Heaven. We had a lot of PBS, so that's Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers. So that's kind of what I had access to. Right. <laughs> now, you know, we have almost 800 channels on television and everybody <laughs> has their own TV. And I grew right. up with one TV. We all watch the same right. thing. Right. So it's almost when you grow older, you, yes, you have uh, autonomy, but your mind goes back to what you were exposed to when you were mm-hmm. a child. And because my grandmother was silent generation, kids were seen and I heard. So right. I'll hear my nieces and nephews, they're talking about, they're, they're giving um, opinions and feedback. And it's just like, wow, the little people have voices. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I love that. I get excited because I was one of those kids that wanted to share everything all my thoughts even if i didn't know how to voice myself but 
you know, I wasn't supposed to. So music was my channel to do mm-hmm. that until I, you know, was able to find my speaking voice sort of in a way. Um, so I, I love it. Like, I love it that my nephews live in a time where they can speak mm-hmm. and, and their parents listen. And I mean, they have conversations. It's not just the parents listening. It's like, it's like we have conversations about all of the topics that I would have died to have had conversations about when I was younger, mm-hmm. about their age even. So I think it's really cool. Um, was there a particular age that you realized that maybe you didn't have the word child free, but you knew I'm not going to have children or is that for a later segment in our conversation? Um, like I said, I just kind of knew, like I said, with me, uh, helping with my baby brother and my baby sister, I just saw that there were challenges that they went through and I just mm-hmm. couldn't save them from that. Or Betty right. and again with the whole Rodney King beating, it's just. I don't know. It's something about that. It's just um, those five officers standing around beating this one person. I just, I don't know. And, and then my, our, my family suffered a personal tragedy. My grandmother, her father was killed in the thirties. And I just know how that impacted her. So I guess I just felt I couldn't protect my loved ones. I, I just, right. that scared me to death yeah. because yeah. I know you can't control fate. You just can't, but it's just, mm-hmm. that's my uh, child out there. Right. And yeah. I don't know, it just scared me, I guess, because I had the personal intimacy uh, with my grandmother and my grandmother said she lost her father at five. Wow. And she repeatedly told us about this. So I guess okay. her pain and her grief became mine almost mm-hmm. indirectly. But it just let me know that nobody's safe. Yeah. And I don't know. I just I just could not. I guess I couldn't communicate it back then. But I just saw the struggles. I saw the fear. I saw the grief. Yeah. I just didn't know if I could do that, you know, everyday living with my child being out there and can't save them, can't protect them. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's such good points. And again, I I'm very happy that I'm I am removed from that worry. I don't necessarily know what how I would be in that situation I guess so I'm, I'm a hands-on aunt and there have been times where I'm like oh wow like especially when the the nephews were younger it was like oh wow there's there's a lot to have to think about there's a lot of moving parts when you have young kids in your care and that was even just for a weekend or an overnight situation mm-hmm. I'm like mm-hmm. this is exhausting I can't even sleep I don't want th- I already knew that I wasn't gonna have kids <laughs> like, <laughs> I can't I I mean people deal with it and I would deal with it but I don't want to deal with that there's a lot of other th- aspects about life that I would rather focus on yes. that are impactful and where I can just live a joyous life I think you know, both my grandparents, well, all my grandparents have passed, but my, both my grandmothers who I actually had relationships with, I didn't really have relationships with my grandfathers. Again, they were from silent, it would have been from silent generation or, you know, around that time. So I wouldn't have had those conversations with them, but I would have loved to now. I mean, you know, if I could somehow connect with some of my, you know, loved ones who have passed, especially, you know, talking about the choices. And I, and I think of my, my grandmother who I was the closest to, and, and she's a black, she was a black woman, um, but raised here in Alberta. So, I mean, it's not that racism doesn't exist here in Canada, but it's different. It is different here, Mm -hmm. a little bit different here. Um, I do remember her saying like, she, she gave birth to 11 children. Mm -hmm. My grandfather, her husband had 16 children. He Mm -hmm. was married twice and had a relationship during the war as well. Um, so, you know, she would, she had mentioned that she, the only reason why she had so many kids was because they didn't have birth control or 
or if there were, but like they weren't taught about it, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, because at some point it would have been incorporated, like it would have been available, but just no education. She, she actually wrote a book that our family has read. It's not like a public book, but it's one that she wrote for the family. And she explained even her views of sex. Like she knew nothing. And it just mm -hmm. like, it, it really, it really enlightened me about what it would have been like for her to live at that time. And, and I'm going, wow, I take everything in my life for granted because mm -hmm. we know choice. We are, you know, some of our choices aren't always uh, appreciated or respected, but at least we are aware we have them. Mm -hmm. So it's just fascinating. And, and again, because like how you felt as a kid, I remember how I felt as a kid. And even though we're child free, I don't think we discredit how children feel. Yes. Yes. And, and I also too will say that I'm really lucky because I have an aunt on my daddy's side who is child free. And is that by choice? Like, was yeah, that a conscious choice? Too. She said okay. that, you know, she saw certain things growing up. Okay. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to opt out of that. <laughs> <laughs> and I have an uncle on my mom's side of the family that is child free as well. She did. He did marry someone who had two children, but uh, he didn't have any biological children. But we consider him as my um, as um, our a second father. I also okay. have my mom who has a younger brother. He was actually a surrogate father for us too. So I had a lot of I guess I, got, I had representation at an early age that yes, yeah. you can still be involved with little people's lives, but you don't necessarily have to have them on your own. Right, and that is super important. I have a, had an uncle he's now passed away but he on my mom's side he was child free it was more by circumstance in the sense that he never got married and not that you have to be married to have kids mm -hmm. but at, at his generation that mm -hmm. was expected but you know he he was not a super confident man so he was he was a successful man business-wise but not in his personal life mm -hmm. and i saw him i spent time with him six months before he died and he had shared, you know, that's just kind of how life had went. So he was more by circumstance. But um, on my dad's side, there are several aunts and uncles who have chosen not to have children. And that was a conscious choice because they came from such a large family. You know, even my dad talks about the relationships that he didn't have with his father because his father was working all the time to support 16 children. And, and plus, you know, that time that 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 time men and weren't necessarily connected with their children yeah. that was kind of normal and it shaped how my dad wanted to have connections with his children which worked out in the long run not necessarily like they're you know there's i've had some issues with my dad but we're good now but you know i mean it's just interesting how from one generation to the next we're all trying to heal and figure it out mm -hmm. but we live and I'm even going to say this in Canada because Canada may be a pro-choice country, but it's not all pro-choice people <laughs> that live yes. here. People are constantly, or we're going to talk more about this later, but people are constantly pushing for procreation, procreation, procreate, procreate. Like you got to do procreate constantly without realizing or just simply turning a blind eye to we are all trying to heal something and still live a life that makes us somewhat content. Mm -hmm. And Whether we have that. kids or not, right? And yeah, it's and I, yes, and I agree with that. Like I said, you know, in, in, in children, families, everybody needs support. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, the working so hard, you know, working two or three jobs, and you know, everybody's exhausted, and even the kids, and they feel the tension. So I just feel you can't advocate to keep having children when you don't have a plan 
to take care of all of them. And again, it's just right. so much more than the financial aspect. Yeah, no, it's, it's such a good point. And why do you think that that, that gets turned like a, a blind eye to? Well, you know, I, I just feel that they look at the consumer as just consuming part of it. But if, again, we saw it during COVID, it was kind of a reprieve, if you will, if you were able to work from home. We saw families get a chance to go back and have dinner with one another, They're going mm -hmm. to the park, people were playing board games again, people were getting out the bike. So it was just a time to say, refresh and kind of come back to their mm -hmm. family aspect. And now since we're almost two, almost three years out, you've seen kind of corporations kind of coming back, trying to pull that back. And I'm like, but it really, if you have healthy families, you will get more production from your employees. So I right. think you could coexist, but you know, kids need their mom, they need their dad, even if they're not in the home, or you need a village. And it's just when you see them all independently, you're shuffling them out. I've even saw little kids, they, they're, they're tired from going to all the activities. They right, just yeah. want to be home with their loved ones sometimes. <laughs> That's true. You know, it's interesting because I think I'm going to be talking a lot about children in this in this uh, series. But I think of when my nephews come and visit and they, mm -hmm. you know, stay with me for a weekend or if it's the summertime, they usually stay for a week. And then I take them home and we've had a great time and I've enjoyed their company. And, you know, we've had great conversations and they get to be lazy and we just get to, you know, have fun auntie nephew time. And then they go home and they're just like, okay, we're home. Like we're back in our habitat. And it's just, cause you know, I loved spending time with my aunts and uncles and whatnot. And, you know, even though I, I didn't, I always was battling my parents, but it's still, I had my bedroom <laughs> and that was my safe haven where I could think about all my thoughts. And so you're right. It's just that, you know, taking it back to kids. And I, and I guess we are child free, but we were all children once. Mm -hmm. And I still think we go back to that. Like you said earlier, is that when we have a space where we can just breathe for a second mm -hmm. and that can be our home, mm -hmm. like that's what children need. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We need that as adults. I think. Well, we all need a safe you know, space just, to kind of share yeah. and just kind of breathe. And like I said, I just feel, you know, for some people, depending upon, you know, what profession you were in, you had a chance to have that breather during COVID. And I just thought that was mm -hmm. a very opportune time to kind of redefine what work-life balance is. Right. And some people have been able to do that, but it's important. Mm -hmm. It's not just about the money component. And I study some things and I do read some things about, you know, children and how they grow up to be adults but some of the things that they talk about is just that missed time with family loved ones during the time of their youth i mean i remember growing up we had the board games the candy land mm -hmm. the monopoly some of those are the most funnest times because you were with your entire family i True. think about watching yeah. cartoons with my my brother and mm -hmm. sister and my mom and dad those are the moments you can't pay for you're right. You know, I, I'm thinking uh, we had snakes and ladders. We did do Monopoly. But mm -hmm. you know what? I think of uh, a memory that just flashed through my brain just now was my mom at the piano because she put me in piano lessons at age seven. But before that, I would always sit at the piano and just play. She said I was singing as a baby. I wouldn't say the words, but I would hum the tune. Mm -hmm. I always had an ear for that. But just, you know, I mean, she could play basic piano and that got us started, but she would sing and play and we would, you know, my brother's three years younger than I am. So we would sit around the piano because we, we weren't allowed to watch TV growing up. So we didn't have that. But, you know, we she was always very involved, very, you know, we were always doing things and she was always there 
doing activities with us, even though mm -hmm. turns out she was quite ill, but we didn't really pick that up. Mm -hmm. um, and so I did have that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I, I, I usually revert back to my teenage years when I think about how horrible my life was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, but those moments, like from like before the age of seven, like my first memories are at three. So from mm -hmm. three to age seven, there was so much family mm -hmm. activity. And I, I was innocent enough to know at that point that I didn't have two different colored parents, mm -hmm. you know, like my dad's black, my mom was white mm -hmm. because I wasn't in school yet. So I didn't know that there was a difference. Mm -hmm. It was very innocent. Like it was, we were together. I didn't know we were raised in a cult. Like I know we mm -hmm. went to church three times a week, but it was our family unit was, it was very kind of secluded, mm -hmm. but it was the four of us and the dog. So mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. was that warmth that everything was provided for. Never had a thought in the world really mm -hmm. that I can, I knew I wanted to be a very smart person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's mm -hmm. what I remember. But, but I had that chance. Mm -hmm. And I think and if had you, that chance, right? Yeah, so like you, you think about, yes, yeah, so if you think about, like I said, you know, like I said, the memories you just described, you know, I grew up with um, my grandmother, but I remember books. I remember she had, well, she's still there now, but she had the Encyclopedia, the Britannical. So she had that. We grew up with the Reader's Digest. My mom took do. me to oh. Storyline. So story yeah. time. So, you know, it's just those memories, but I just think the kids of today, because of the technology and stuff, everything's so busy and bustle, but it's mm -hmm. those moments that they can keep tangibly. They can remember watching that movie. Movie. So I'm a little yeah. older. <laughs> so I remember, you know, Blockbuster and we go into the store physically going mm -hmm. to pick out a video and everybody's excited and you're picking out the popcorn and the candy. But we knew we were going to watch it all together. And then we right. can kind of discuss it during it or we can discuss it after. But those are the memories. So I guess that's what I want for families. So I'm always an advocate for not only the men, women, and children, because they're all the components of the family. And I just think sometimes we forget that I had that. But like you said, I've seen earlier in our conversation, they're chipping away some of those things that would just keep us together as families. Right. So to end, I was I can't remember how I was going to end this segment, but you bring up family and, and bringing it to uh, being adult, like being going through adulthood as child-free people, mm -hmm. what do you consider family for you as a child-free person? Um, I would just say my extended family now, I actually live with an aunt and an uncle, but I've actually, so it's the year 2023, but when I first moved here to Atlanta, Georgia, 1996, I live with the same people that I'm living with now. <laughs> so that's wow, family. Okay. Yeah. And we have the same relationships, family still. I have both my parents, they're still alive. I love my brother and sister. So family for me is not only my family that I have here, but it's also friends too. Like I mm -hmm. was able yesterday to stay with a friend and we did a 5k race to help end the homeless yesterday. You did so that I did yesterday? That. I did that yesterday oh, morning. Geez. Okay. Wow. Good for you. <laughs> so I do that. And then I have my book club of 15 years. I feel that those ladies are my family. So it's mm -hmm. whoever you build, you build a close relationship with, but it happens over time. So you have to have the time to go to the book club. You have to have the time mm -hmm. to train with people. So that's why it's important to have that village, but also have a work-life balance. But I just, for me, it kind of just fell into this, but it's just, you can have a fulfilled life without you know, you're about having little people of your own, but you can pour into little people. I have been a tutor. I have supported causes that help kids and I have my nieces and nephews. So I'm never far away. We talk, we're talking about kids now, even though we yeah. don't have children. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child-free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.